It's time the tech titans were held to account. We had genuine competition. We have a level playing field. We have more transparency. There's a fight going on at the moment, one you've probably heard of. It involves the world's biggest technology companies and a small Australian organisation. The rise of the digital platforms, and in particular, Google and Facebook, have delivered real and significant benefits to consumers. But it's also been a period of great disruption. It's about the future of news in this country and possibly around the world. It's a fight that has the tech companies worried, enough that they've come out swinging. From taxation to curbing hate speech and lies, the tech companies have mostly turned their noses up at government regulation. On today's episode, will Australia disrupt the disruptors? I'm Dan Butler. This is Think Digital Futures. organisations have been on the decline since the advent of the internet. Where newspapers once survived on advertising dollars, Facebook and Google have hoovered them up. The Australian Consumer Competition Commission has taken the tech titans to task and says it's time for them to pay up. So, how did we get here? And it's called into question the adequacy of our existing regulatory frameworks and the viability of traditional media outlets. It all started in 2017 with the Australian Consumer Competition Commission. The ACCC, as it's known, was tasked with an investigation. The ACCC um, was asked by the federal government to look into the impact of digital platforms on media and on advertising and that whole ecosystem. And so it then went about its task really methodically this is Sasha Molitoritz. He's a research fellow at the Centre for Media Transition at the University of Technology, Sydney. He says the work undertaken by the ACCC was extensive. They did all, they, they held um, focus groups and they, they consulted stakeholders and they commissioned reports and they commissioned original research. And so we were involved with them. They commissioned us to write a report specifically on the impact of digital platforms on news media and journalism. The government gave the Centre for Media Transition this focus for an obvious reason. If you listened to our episode on the death of regional news, you'll know that news, regional and otherwise, is in serious trouble. Aside from the constant attacks on their legitimacy by an unhinged president, newsrooms all around the world are facing an existential challenge. A complete collapse in the way they used to do business has caused a catastrophic decline in the viability of news. There's a crisis, to use a word um, that is no exaggeration. There's a crisis in news media and journalism. Now, the big question is, is that crisis the result of Google and Facebook entering the market and taking all their advertising? Or is it that plus something else, such as just the rise of digital media generally? Uh, you know, and, and pretty clearly when you when you look at the evidence, it's not just Google and Facebook and the digital platforms. It's the internet and digitization generally, and Google and Facebook are part of that. And it's really, really hard, if not impossible, to work out specifically 
what the impact of, say, Google has been or, or the impact of Facebook on news media. Uh, you know, how much are they responsible for the, the financial troubles that news media find themselves in? Advertisers don't pay the Sydney Morning Herald or the West Australian for page space anymore. They're guaranteed a lot more views on Facebook and Google. So that's where their dollars go. That has drained traditional news outlets of their revenue. But a lot of the content that gets shared on Facebook and a lot of what people search for on Google is news. If the news companies didn't make it, less people would use search engines. Less advertising dollars for the big tech companies. And so it's not fair because the news media are creating the content that the digital platforms are benefiting from. Um, and Google and Facebook argue that they send a lot of traffic to News Corp and to Nine Entertainment and even to regional newspapers. Um, they get that content out there um, and they even send some revenue their way. But the news media on the, on the contrary argue that all the advertising has gone to the digital platforms. The ACCC recognised this systemic issue, this clash of old and new. It set about trying to level the playing field, to stem the flow of cash away from news organisations and to properly compensate them for their work. And one of the places that we've come to is that the ACCC is now in the process of implementing a mandatory bargaining code. So this is a way to, among other things, get a fair value exchange between digital platforms and news media by redirecting some revenue from Google and Facebook to the people, the companies that produce the news. That means the tech companies have to enter into negotiations with news companies and come to an agreement about how much they will pay news companies for their content, then to be shared freely on the platforms. If the parties can't agree, then they both make their final offer, the tech co's presumably offering less, the news companies asking for more, and an independent arbitrator simply chooses between them. But whatever the outcome, what is certain is that Facebook and Google will have to cough up the cash. So, how do they feel about this? They've responded really strongly. Google, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, started posting pop-ups when you go on YouTube or when you go to Google search saying that your Google search is under threat if this law passes. Your YouTube is under threat if this law passes. Maybe you saw this, a little warning sign any time you did a Google search. You could have been forgiven for thinking it was an outage notification with its yellow stop sign and exclamation point. But when you clicked on it... Having a link there to going through to its arguments about why this law is not right. Um, so it, it went very much on a, a PR <laughs> campaign trying to convince people that, hang on, this is not right. We don't think this is cool. Here's why. Just a few days ago, Google fired another salvo against the plan. In typical Silicon Valley style, they framed the issue in more relatable terms and used an Australian comedian, Greta Lee Jackson, to deliver the message. Proposed laws can be confusing, so I'll use an analogy to break it down. Take a seat. So this bus we're on picks up people at their homes and drops them off at restaurants all across town. Sure, people could have walked or driven themselves, but the bus is convenient. Under a new law being drafted, the bus driver would need to pay the restaurants for delivering those customers to their doorstep. Sounds weird, huh? But that's not all. 
Even when she agrees to pay and starts to negotiate how much she should pay, nothing that she brings to the table is counted as part of the negotiations. Not the fact that she's delivering customers to the restaurant, not the cost of running the bus, nothing. What's more absurd, she'll also be asked to cover some of the restaurant's costs too, like half their electricity bill. Is this a joke? No, mate. I may be a comedian, but this is no laughing matter. At the end, a message displays saying Google isn't against a code per se, just that it wants a fair one. And of course, everyone has a different idea of fair. One of the key uncertainties is that this legislation doesn't provide a lot of guidance about how we work out what the value exchange should be, how we come to a figure for Facebook and Google to pay news companies. Um, so that uncertainty is, is a worry, particularly when you have a company like News Corp coming out and putting a, putting a figure of about a billion dollars annually that they think they're entitled to for the use of their content by digital platforms. In response, Google said, look, if we have to put a figure on how much news gives us value in Australia, that's closer to $10 million. So that disparity is enormous, right? And who can say <laughs> where the truth lies? Google was the first to strike back at the ACCC's suggestion. Facebook waited a little longer, but it came out even harder. Facebook is fighting back against Australia's proposed media law. The draft law would require Facebook and Google to share revenue for... Facebook is making a last-ditch effort to force Australia's hand on its new media law. The social media giant plans to block Australian users from sharing local and international news on Facebook and Instagram if the legislation is approved. It feels to me that the pushback from both Facebook and Google that's become quite intense over the fortnight reinforces the fact that, you know, while these um, propositions in the ACCC code may not give everybody everything they want, it, they are still significant in terms of creating a baseline. Peter Lewis is the director of the Centre for Responsible Technology at the Australia Institute. And the baseline is that there should be a fair exchange for premium content created by journalists to these big advertising platforms. Um, He's long been an advocate for regulation of the so-called disruptors of Silicon Valley, the tech companies who routinely flout existing laws. The baseline set by the ACCC could end up being a world standard. Some have noted that Facebook's big announcement of banning the sharing of news on their site in Australia was given to American media companies first. It seems Facebook wants to send an international message with their Australian fight. But have they overplayed their hand? It's a novel threat, and because it's a novel threat, I can't pretend to know how it plays out. There is one scenario where, I guess, losing the distribution network that is Facebook media companies do really struggle for traffic and that they do take a hit. That's a credible scenario if people are happy just to, you know, not have news on their feed anymore. The other scenario, of course, is that it starts driving people off Facebook straight to news sites or straight to other places where they can access news. Um, so, you know, one of the strengths or one of... <laughs> 
there's this false narrative that Facebook doesn't make money from news sites and they, they've done it in a very Facebooky way, which is to break it down into clicks and dollar returns. But I think the bit they're missing is that the reason Facebook works as a model is because of the ubiquity that it offers its users. And if you take away a core part of information, that is, you know, premium journalistic content out of that ecosystem, then I don't think their networks are strong. And so what I wonder is whether this does end up driving people off their Facebook feed. When the Centre for Media Transition was conducting their research, they held focus groups in Sydney and Tamworth, asking people about their perception of media. Sasha and the team found the results in metropolitan and regional areas were strikingly similar. We found, not surprisingly, this, this is the same as lots of other research that's been done, trust levels are low. Uh, a, a lot of Australians have real uh, problems, concerns, reservations about the news media, but they want to trust news media. This is, of course, a symptom of the polarisation of our times. Participants were asked how their trust in traditional media sources could be regained. Well, we had this hypothesis that people actually wanted their news to be more like a friend, is the phrase we used. So we'd all observed the rise of digital platforms, the rise of social networks, people sharing news on Facebook and and other social media networks. And we thought, you know what, people want news that feels more like it's come from a friend, that a friend has told them. They want news to be more like a friend. In fact, they didn't. Um, They wanted news that stuck really closely to traditional journalistic values, so accuracy, objectivity, in the public interest, that sort of thing. This is the other fight that Facebook finds itself in the middle of right now, the debate around the publication and dissemination of misleading or outright false information online. One of the ironies, I think, of Facebook's um, threat to pull out is at a time when one of their real weaknesses is their reluctance to deal with disinformation. Their proposition is that we'll purge professional journalism from our sites, which seems almost, um, you know, a bit of a, you know, threatening self-harm rather than harm to anyone else if they follow through on their threats. There's another aspect of the ACCC's proposal that the tech companies are fighting tooth and nail, one which adds an undeniable element of irony to the entire stoush. In future, tech companies will have to notify news companies of any future changes to their algorithm that could potentially alter the traffic to those news companies. You might recall that Facebook changed its algorithm quite significantly and it started prioritising family and friends and uh, deprioritising news content. So where I think the figure was where people would see maybe 5% news in their feeds, that dropped to like 3% or something like that. That's quite a significant shift. Um, And it proved really significant for news companies. They saw their their traffic uh, decline really significantly, apparently. And there were certain companies even, I I remember reading about one or two uh, niche news media outlets that collapsed. Um, you know, who are very heavily dependent on their social media traffic. So I guess that's the sort of thing that the mandatory bargaining code in its draft form is meant to address, that, you know, if there's some sort of significant algorithmic change coming, 
um, then there needs to be notification given to news companies. There's nothing the tech companies are more protective of than their profits and their algorithms. But Peter Lewis says this fight is a chance for regular citizens to reset some of the debate around just how much technology has a say in our public life. But I also feel that, you know, my journey over the last couple of years has been really getting um, a sense of concern of our lack of agency as citizens in the way that technology is changing our world and to an extent rolling over the top of us. And I just feel like this is a bit of a, a ground zero, you know. I'm no spear bearer for the Morrison government nor for News Limited, but if we can't come up with models to regulate this incredibly powerful industry that has an incredible influence, not just on the way we see the world, but the way that we connect with it then, you know, I just think that, you know, they've won and I just don't think we can let that happen. Think Digital Futures is made possible with the support of 2SER Radio and the University of Technology, Sydney. It's made in Sydney on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can hear more of Think Digital Futures at 2SER.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dan Butler. Thanks for listening.